Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another Brian Carter 99, a 49ers podcast. Um, cool. I'm doing a, I'm doing a twofer tonight. Uh, twofer in two ways. A twofer in the sense that in this one, we're doing two film breakdowns. Also a twofer in that uh, I, this is my second recording tonight. So uh, I feel like I got to play catch up. You know, we got like two weeks ago, we had the draft, we drafted all these new guys, and then I watched a whole bunch of film over the last couple weeks, and now there's rookie minicamp today, there's people playing, doing football stuff, things are exciting. So, we're going to dive in, I'm going to try and get in a couple of these here, I'm going to try and get in all these post-film analysis within the next week on all of the new players that we added. Um, or at least all the new rookies, so all the draft picks and the undrafted free agents. So today, uh, you know, earlier today, meaning about 30 minutes ago, <laughs> uh, did a Trey Lance breakdown. Today we're going to do uh, Aaron Banks and Trey Sermon. So um, the, the interesting thing about these picks, I'm just going to dive in. So uh, guard Aaron Banks and running back Trey Sermon. These were not guys that I was looking at pre-draft. And uh, the reason why is because they, they, don't, they don't fit the quote-unquote, you know, typical Shanahan type of players. Meaning, you know, we all just like, you know, assume. Uh, you know what happens when you assume. We'll just assume that Shanahan likes, you know, smaller, faster, more nimble guards who are good with an outside zone running scheme because, you know, that that's, you know, that's what he does. You know, we all like to assume that we know what Shanahan is going to do and what he likes. And uh, what we've learned is, you know, what we've learned from this draft is that we we kind of don't. You know, Shanahan is more than willing to be like, yeah, uh, I don't know why you thought that because that's not what I feel, and this is why I like these guys. So, anyways, these guys weren't really on my on my radar. Like, I was aware of them as prospects, but I didn't think they were going to be the picks. I, I was expecting interior offensive line, but I wasn't expecting Aaron Banks. I was expecting possibly a late-round running back. They did take one of them that I had my eye on with Elijah Mitchell, but I was not expecting Trey Sermon, and I wasn't expecting them to go early uh, with running back. But either way, so it was really interesting because these guys, I did not really do a whole bunch of scouting on them beforehand. Simply because I didn't think that uh, I didn't think that they would be fits, and uh, I probably watched. <laughs> oh gosh, I didn't I didn't watch a whole lot of offensive line tape. I I will admit that um, it's hard for me to get excited about watching offensive linemen, uh, you know, play snap after snap. Running backs are fun. Running backs are fun to watch. Uh, but Trey Sermon wasn't a guy I had on my radar. So, anyways, Aaron Banks. So. Yeah, like I said, uh, when we drafted him, he wasn't on my radar. I didn't really have a chance uh, to look at him. I've watched a little bit, uh, not a lot, but I've watched a little bit. Um, I've watched a film breakdown or two by other people. Um, let's see here. Um, I've also, uh, just everything that you know I can read and listen to. Um, I listen to a billion podcasts. That's basically what I do all the time is I just, some people have music. I just always have podcasts going 
And, uh, you know, I, I, I constantly need like you know, five or six of them just ready to go so I can fill up that, that uh, space in my head with some interesting, fun stuff. So guard Aaron Banks. Uh, Aaron Banks is a, he's an interesting pick. And I think what Shanahan has showed us with this draft is that you, you don't know Shanahan but Shanahan is going to Shanahan. And what I mean by that is that you might think you know what kind of guard Shanahan wants, but you might not. But at the same time, like, Shanahan's still going to Shanahan. Shanahan's still going to play, you know, some power and zone, you know, play action and outside zone blocking. So guard Aaron Banks. Uh, six foot five, 335 pounds. This is a big, thick, wide guard. And when I say wide, I mean like he is wide. Uh, there is some film breakdowns where like you're watching his film and you can't even see like the defensive tackle lined up across from him just because he has such a large body uh, that he just blocks him out of the out of the shot. Um, and I think that that is part of what makes him a very good pass protector. Um, at that size, some people think that he's more of a power guard, but he's really not. He's, uh, I, I really liked, I, I said he's more of like an extra large zone blocker. And what I mean by that is that uh, um, he was a really good pass blocker in the sense that he's got a really wide body. So he's really it's hard to get around him. He's got good length with good length with his arms. Doesn't have super long arms, but they're like ideal guard. He's got an ideal guard build. He's hard to get around. Um, he is very technically sound and uh, technically consistent um, in the sense that like it was uh, offensive line tape is good when it's boring. Because that means that they're not getting beat. And to him, it was consistently just him being there, pass blocking, keeping his guy off, keeping his guy off, keeping his guy off blocking. And he was, you know, holding his block for, you know, three, four, sometimes five seconds. And I mean, five seconds as an offensive lineman is an eternity. Like, why isn't your quarterback throwing the ball yet? Uh, so very technically sound, very consistent. That was probably another thing that they really liked about him was that he put consistent good tape out there. Uh, two and a half year starter. Uh, so he's played two and a half years straight. Uh, I believe that he was redshirted his freshman year. His second year, uh, he came in when somebody got injured and he basically took the starting spot and played two and a half seasons. Uh very good in pass protection, very technically sound, uh, good hands. Um, <clears throat> what I mean by a zone blocker is that he wasn't a power guy where he was going to push you and overpower you and everything. Like He was definitely strong, um, but it was he was definitely a lot more of a zone blocker. Um, he wasn't a good gap scheme blocker, uh, which works out surprisingly well because Shanahan likes zone blocking guards whether that's zone pass blocking or zone run blocking and he was like an extra large zone blocker uh, so you know he had his area 
where he was responsible for, and his head was on a swivel, and he was looking for guys coming into his zone, and he was blocking the guy, blocking the guy, blocking the guy. He sees the, you know, the guy is gone, he's left his zone, he's, his head's on a swivel, he's, he's keeping his eyes out. He kept his balance most of the time. Uh, he seemed to be just, from all intents and purposes, he seemed to be very technically sound and very consistent. Uh, he has an ideal build. Um, in terms of the, uh, I would say that uh, probably the only really negatives that you can say is that at his size, Again, being a very large human at 6'5", 335 pounds, you know, big guy, um, he's not the most athletic guard at that size. And that's understandable because, I mean, it's, it's hard to move 335 pounds fast. You don't usually see them running marathons. Um, so he had, he had a good first step. I will say that. When he was doing his zone blocks, his inside zones, the outside zones, his first step had good – he had good quickness to his first step. And he had he had good strength, good agility. And I kind of went down the like – he might be like physically tapped out at this point. Um but I mean, if you have a guy that's, you know, maybe he's only like physically average for an NFL guard, but if you have an average NFL, uh, you know, physical abilities, but you have very good technique, uh, that right there basically tells me that, hey, you can, you can be a starting quality offensive lineman uh, for, you know, years to come. And that's kind of what I'm thinking is this guy, uh, you know, he he was really good inside zone. He was really good, you know, outside zone, really good zone blocking. Uh, I don't think we're going to see a whole lot of him, you know, like running 20, 30 yards upfield for a block. Um, but in terms of like inside zone, outside zones, uh, possibly getting to the second level, he might hit a linebacker or two, but I don't know about much beyond that. But again, he's he's so well-rounded and technically proficient that I I think that legitimately that again you know you never know with a draft pick but I think that he should be our starting right guard this year and uh, he should be our starting right guard for hopefully his entire rookie contract and if he continues to play well. I see no reason why he shouldn't be a quality starting offensive lineman, right guard for, you know, five or 10 years. You know, he's, he's built for it. He seems to be very technically sound. He's got good technique. I, I keep saying these same things, but it's like an offensive lineman. Like, what do you want? Like, he's consistent. He was healthy. He put on good tape. He's got good size. He's got, at the very least, you know, average speed, strength, agility for an NFL guard. Maybe he's not going to be a dominant athlete at that position, but if you're getting a quality, you know, right guard for the next, you know, five or 10 years, like, cool, like, that's awesome. And this brings so much to the offensive line, because 
It was so frustrating the last two years watching the inside of the 49ers offensive line because two years ago they made the Super Bowl run. You could definitely argue that the inside of that offensive line is the reason they lost that Super Bowl because Chris Chris Jones just was there at defensive tackle and they just lined him up across Mike Person. And I love Mike Person. I hope he enjoys his retirement. But, dude, your name is Person. Like, you are a guy. You're, you're Mike Person. Like, you're you're just a guy. And he was getting destroyed over and over. And that interior offensive line was getting destroyed over and over and over in the Super Bowl. Chris Jones was wrecking the inside of that offensive line. And Jimmy was getting pressure in his face. And that's why he was so terrible in the second half of that Super Bowl. And... This right here makes potentially a huge improvement on the offensive line. Think about this now. All right. Now, now our starting offensive line from left to right, left tackle, Trent Williams. That sounds awesome. That's, that's exciting to say. We have a Pro Bowl left tackle, left tackle uh, arguably, you know, top three left tackle in the entire NFL, and we've got him locked up for six years. Awesome. Like, who knows, three years, six years, whatever. Either way, starting left tackle, one of the best in the league. Awesome. Left guard, right next to him, Lakin Tomlinson. Lakin Tomlinson has been a solid, consistent, average to above average left guard since we brought him onto the team. He's a quality left guard. And I know he's only got like one or two years left on his contract, but he has played well for the last couple of years. So, awesome. Like, Pro Bowl left tackle, quality left guard. At center, we just added Alex Mack. I know he's 35, but he was part of the all-decade team. He's like a four-time pro bowler, like one of the best centers in the league. Sure, he's near the end of the career, but he's played with Shanahan twice with the Browns and with the Falcons. Now he's playing with Shanahan again. He's a savvy veteran at the center position where we needed a quality starting right center, and he's been one of the best centers in the league for the better part of 15 years. So, awesome. That's our starting center. Now, you add into that on the right guard position, this guy, Aaron Banks, big, thick, wide, good pass blocker, solid zone blocker, like, like awesome, cool. There's... And then right tackle, Mike McGlinchey. Like, I know Mike McGlinchey's not the best right tackle, but he is a really good run blocker. And he is a usually solid, but sometimes not good pass blocker. But he's still a quality right tackle. Like, there are zero weak spots on our offensive line now. We now have a really good starting five. And I think adding Aaron Banks at that right guard makes Mike McGlinchey's job that much easier because now McGlinchey doesn't need to worry about what's going on at right guard where the right guard before was getting destroyed and now Mike McGlinchey's out here and he's like ah geez everything around me is messed up like having somebody quality there where he can be like cool this guy right next to me he's solid I'm good like that's gonna make Mike McGlinchey hopefully I think better this year so, yeah, again, like an extra large zone blocker. That's what I would call him. I'm excited. I think he's going to play well. I I hope that he wins the starting right uh, right guard position 
And uh, he's a quality, you know, offensive lineman for us for the next five or ten years. Because uh, I think he could be. Again, he might be physically tapped out a little bit and physically limited. But, I mean, if that's your biggest complaint about a guy who's 6'5", 335 with good technique and is really consistent and healthy, all right, cool. Bring it. you got a quality starting guard for the next five or ten years. Anyways, so... Oh, and uh, one thing that I did uh, that I did like was uh, listening to uh, Aaron Banks in his little uh, like pre-rookie camp uh, interview. Uh, he said that uh, one of the people that he really likes to watch film on is uh, Quentin Nelson. So uh, it's a pretty good role model to have if you're a, if you're a, you know an, an offensive lineman, a guard is you know kind of trying to model your game over one of the best, you know, left guards in the entire NFL over the last five years or so. So, anyways, yeah, Aaron Banks, solid guard. That's him. Uh, The next one, we're just going to do one more. I'm trying to keep these uh, shorter. I don't want to have too many, like, hour-long podcasts. Uh, Maybe if, like, somehow I get a guest or something, but try and keep these a little bit shorter just so they're easier to digest and publish especially because I don't know how to edit any kind of audio stuff. Next one is Trey Sermon. And, uh, (laughs) dude, I like this kid. I really like this kid. Um, Again, he wasn't on my radar because, again, we all think we know Shanahan, but Shanahan's like, you don't know me, but at the same time, like, Shanny's going to Shanny. So Trey Sermon... I didn't think that he was a guy that they had. Oh, one thing that uh, I remember, going back to Aaron Aaron Banks real quick. One thing I remember real quick uh, is that uh, Shanahan, when they asked him about uh, Aaron Banks and they kind of said, you know, like, you know, like, like I've been saying, like, hey, you know, usually you like these smaller, nimbler, more agile guards, you know, derba, 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 derba. And then Shanahan just gives his classic, like, kind of like eye roll, like, I know you think you have me like pegged as like this, but the reason why I like him is because he is a really good player. And like that just says it right there. Like, you know, you might try and like, you know, put Shanahan into a box, but Shanahan's like, hey, uh, that's cool, but this guy's really good. And even though he doesn't, you know, quote unquote, look the part, or look like my kind of guy, he fits my scheme perfectly, and he's really good. I don't care if he's 30 pounds bigger than my normal guard. So anyways, uh, kind of the same thing with Trey Sermon. Trey Sermon, he wasn't on my radar because he's not like a 4-4 guy. Like this isn't a running back who is, you know, five foot eight, 200 pounds that runs a sub 4-4. No, this is a powerful chunk uh like chunk yardage tackle breaking uh hard runner uh he is six foot 215 pounds uh he is not fast he ran just under a four six i think he ran like a four five seven uh so this guy's not necessarily a home run guy you know what i don't care i don't care at all this kid's awesome what he is is he is all about contact balance breaking tackles 
epic stiff arms and just elusiveness and vision and um, like phone booth agility and elusiveness. So this is not the reason why I say that this wasn't what I was thinking is because, you know, typically we think like, oh, Shanahan likes, you know, you're, you're really fast outside zone, one cut, hit a hole and go. But no, you, you go back and you look and it's like, who's been really successful with Shanahan? So like, okay, you know, obviously you've got your, you know, your Raheem Mostert's and your Matt Breedas, um, you know, like your, your really fast guys. Okay, cool. But then you go back, you look a little bit, and you're like, wait a minute. So, um, oh, what was that guy? I totally just forgot his name. Um, not DeMarco Murray. Um, anyways, it'll probably come to me. Uh, but there was a there was a running back um, who they had in Washington. And he was like a bigger, slower, kind of like, like power runner. And he put up like a... Like, Oh, Alfred Morris. Yeah, he wasn't a speedster, but he was so good with his Shanahan system. He played in a similar way to Trey Sermon. And uh, all those things that I said, the reason why I said those is because Trey Sermon picks up chunks of yardage. Like six yards here, eight yards there, five yards there, ten yards here, seven yards there, eight yards there, eight yards there, six yards. Like just... Chunk after chunk after chunk after chunk. We'll get into Elijah Mitchell, who's like, you know, one yard, two yard, five yards, 20 yards, one yard, three yard, eight yards, 50 yards. Uh, Trey Sermon is like, he is all about vision and breaking tackles and contact balance. Uh, one of my favorite, just favorite, 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 uh, like numbers on, uh, for at least through like PFF, uh, I know PFF isn't everything, but they do have some very useful data points. Um, one of my favorite metrics that they track is, uh, yards after contact per attempt, meaning, not what the offensive line blocks for you, but what you are gaining yourself after you have already taken the first contact. So what are you getting after somebody gets their hands on you? And uh, I, I think it tells you a lot <clears throat> about uh, what a running back is going to create for themselves, which is what you want. You know, obviously a good scheme is going to open up lanes, open up holes, and the running back's job is to take advantage of that. And this is a kind of shows how much more are you going to take advantage of. So, uh, Trey Sermon averaged four over four yards after contact per attempt. He ran a lot of inside zone. He ran a lot of outside zone uh, there at Ohio. Uh, again, not a great gap scheme guy. So, you know, you see these guys like Aaron Banks, Trey Sermon, they're like, you know, quote unquote, bigger and slower than you would expect in a Shanahan system. But at the same time, they're still zone players, not necessarily like power gap uh, scheme players. Um, so here is what I loved about Trey Sermon was... Uh, 
his vision is so good. So when he was getting the handoffs, he was so good just at reading the leverage of his offensive line to know which way he was going to cut. So good at it. And while he doesn't have a fast 40, his 10-yard split was like 90th percentile. So his start and stop is elite. If I remember correctly, um, I think his uh, I think his like 10-yard split was like an 80th or 90th percentile. So like he has burst, like massive burst, those first 10 yards. And he also tested really well with the three cone. He had a 6.83 three cone that is really good agile. And again, what I was saying, phone booth agility. How elusive are you in tight spaces? Go watch some Trey Sermon and watch, watch it in slow motion at the line of scrimmage. Because if you watch just some, some Trey Sermon film, slow motion at the line of scrimmage, when he is looking at his reads and he is looking at the leverage of defenders and he will see a guy, he'll see where the leverage is going and then he will make a cut because he can start stop on a dime and he's really agile in small spaces and he will jump cut and then he will burst through a hole. Like he will fly through it. And again, you're not talking a guy who's got, you know, four, four speed, but you know, he might not have like, uh, he might not, uh, let's just say like 80 miles an hour. Like he's not going 80 miles an hour. Um, but his zero to 40 is like instant, you know? So it's like, you know, he's reading it, he's reading it, jump cut, burst through the hole, explode. And now he's, he's in space. So now he's in space, like linebacker comes at him, defensive back comes at him. Cool, try and tackle me, boom, just slide off my legs. Like, you can't tackle me. Oh, you're going to try and tackle me in space? Boom, stiff arm. Dude, I love this guy's stiff arms. He is freaking like bench pressing linebackers into the dirt. It's awesome. He has, I love this, Trey Sermon has over 33-inch long arms. Like, that's ridiculous. His arms are so long, he has some of the best stiff arms. I love it. It's like you try and tackle him, and he sticks his arm out, and he just stiff arms you because you can't reach him because he's got, like, the longest arms of, like, any freaking running back. Like, really, like, 33.4-inch long arms? Like, what? How are you going to reach him? So, like, you've got a guy who's really good in tight spaces, so he's really good being elusive, like inside those tight confined spaces. He's really good with his vision, seeing which way to go, reading leverage. And then he's got elite burst again, you know, zero to 40, maybe not a top hundred miles an hour, but his, his zero to full speed is really quick. He'll burst through a hole. And then when he does get through a hole, he is hard to bring down. He has got such good contact balance. Guy tries to hit him. He'll stiff arm you away. Can't get him. You try and hit him. He breaks a tackle. He will run over you. He will juke you. His, his jump cuts and his ability to like start, stop, turn on a dime, and then go full speed instantly and then stiff arm a guy, 
Like, he is fun. And the fact that he's built more like a power runner just brings something a little bit different to the team. Um, and it's really exciting. I Again, I don't think he's going to be like one of those guys who's getting, you know, like 50-yard like runs, you know, like maybe Elijah Mitchell might like this guy. No, but you know what he is going to do? Chunk, 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 five yards, eight yards, eight yards, nine yards, 12, six, eight, six, seven, four, six. Like he is just going to, you are going to hand him the ball and he is just going to crush it down the field. It is awesome. Um, in terms of uh, some of the other things that I really liked after learning about him. Um, so aside from obviously like the contact balance, the strong legs, uh, you know, his vision, all that kind of stuff. Uh, other things, pass blocking, really good pass blocker. Um, not only is he willing as a pass blocker, but he's pretty good at it. I mean, he's not like the best on earth, but he's pretty darn good, and he is definitely not a liability. Um, I think it was the Northwestern game, which was probably his best game. Oh, my gosh. Go watch the Northwestern highlights. I think he put up, like, I don't know, something ridiculous, like a couple hundred yards. Um, he he pancaked, like, a couple guys who were trying to, uh, like, a couple, like, blitzers, like, where he was in pass protection. They tried to blitz, and he just, like, stopped them and, like, threw them on the ground and pancaked them, so... He can pass block, so he won't be a liability in pass blocking. Um, and as far as like receiving ability, uh, he was never used a whole lot, but he was always good when needed. You know, like in the passing game, just looking at his stats real quick. Um, in 2018, he caught 12 of 14 passes awesome so like they throw you the ball 14 times and you basically catch almost every single one of them uh 2019 8 of 11 like cool uh 2020 12 of 15 so i think this is more of a scheme thing in the sense where you know people were uh or the the coaches were not necessarily trying to get him the ball and it was just like the occasional check down but, I mean, like, no drops, you know, like, you, you don't have to worry about him dropping the ball very much. I think he had one drop uh, all of that, so you figure on one drop on, like, 15, like, passes, like, hey, not bad for a running back, you know. You now have a check down. You now have an outlet. You now have a starting running back who's big enough and powerful enough that he can get chunk yardage after chunk yardage. He's not a liability in the pass game. He's not super fast, but he's going to break tackles and he's going to have great vision. And he's going to get every single yard that's blocked for him as well as at least a couple more yards. And then, you know, whenever you need somebody for a check down as an outlet, like he's right there, he's got good hands. Um, Today at the rookie minicamp, uh, uh, Trey Lance was throwing to Trey Sermon and Elijah Mitchell. Uh, I didn't have a chance to see it, but I heard one report that Trey Sermon had an amazing rep where he uh, he ran a route out of the backfield and uh, he made such a good like route cut that it made the linebacker fall down. And then he made a diving catch 
uh, to like catch a ball. And from the one or two reps that I saw, he looked like he had zero problems catching it. So yeah, I, I think he's going to be a solid contributor as far as, uh, how much I think he's going to play this year. I really don't know. I mean, they did spend a third round pick and that third round pick, they spent two fourth round picks to move up to that third round pick to get him. So they really wanted him. Uh, I think they're going to want to use him. I know Shanahan typically goes through a lot of running backs, usually three or four running backs a year. Um, We also have a really crowded running back room right now. You know, we've got Raheem Mostert. We've got Jeff Wilson Jr. Now we have Trey Sermon. We also added Elijah Mitchell with a sixth-round pick. Uh, And that's not even counting Wayne Gallman, uh, who we just added this offseason, although I don't know if he has any guaranteed money. So he is probably going to be the odd man out when it comes to the chopping block in terms of cuts for the final 53. Um, I I think Trey Sermon is realistically going to be competing uh, with Jeff Wilson for the number two running spot, uh, running back spot. And uh, the, inter- the, the good thing about that is that the number two running back with Shanahan is basically like a 1B, meaning Shanahan is going to feed the hot hand. And if there's not necessarily a hot hand, he's going to rotate. He's going to give, you know, Raheem Mostert the ball probably 10, 15 times a game, which means that uh, the other running backs are going to get the ball another 10, 15 times a game. So I would not be surprised if uh, Trey Sermon, even if he wasn't necessarily considered the number one running back, I wouldn't be surprised if he was getting 30 or 40% of uh, the carries as far as running backs out of the backfield. I think he's got, I think he's got enough. Um, I, I think he's got enough talent and he's shown enough on tape. And I think he will show enough in training camp uh, to beat out Jeff Wilson Jr. And I think we have four really quality running backs and, uh, You hate to say it, but injuries happen, and Raheem Mostert hasn't been able to handle the full load for a season. Jeff Wilson Jr. has not been able to handle the full load for a full season. Uh, So Trey Sermon's going to get some carries. Um, He does have a minor injury history, so there is always that uh, to think about. Uh, Nothing serious, though. I know he had, I forget what it was, he had something earlier on in his college career uh, then he had a meniscus that kept him out for just a couple games. Then he came back and dominated uh, after coming back from that. Um, and then last year he ended up, uh, what was it? I think he like dislocated or separated his shoulder um, in the uh, like early on in the Alabama championship game. So, um, you know, he's had a couple injuries, but I mean, running backs, they always get injured and it's hard to find a guy that's like, you know, never had an injury. The question is, is how serious are the injuries? And I mean, you know, like a dislocated shoulder, like you just kind of pop that thing in and it's sore for a couple, like a week or two. Um, you know, and then like the knee meniscus was something minor where it only was like keeping him out for uh, a couple weeks. It sounds like, and he came back better than ever. Um, so I don't think it's necessarily serious, um, you know, but either way, it is what it is, you know, a couple injuries, but it doesn't seem to be anything serious. So overall, again, not the guy that I had my eye on, but the more I watched, the more I like vision, contact balance, breaking tackles, uh, you know, burst 
and uh, elite stiff arms. And again, like, dude, go watch some highlights because you're not going to see a whole lot of 50-yard runs, but you are going to see some impressive chunk yardage over and over and over and over again. So go have at it. Anyways, it is getting late. I'm going to sign off. I hope that you enjoyed this. I hope it was informative. Uh, give it a like, star, high five, share, uh, whatever you follow, whatever you do with these things. I'm going to have to figure out my sign-offs one of these days. But uh, until then, I hope you enjoy it. It was worth your listen. And uh, have a good night. Peace out.